Welcome to the Good Bones Real Estate Investing Podcast, where building a thriving real estate investing business has less to do with subway tile and shiplap and everything to do with whether you've laid a solid foundation to support the life of your dreams. I'm your real estate lawyer turned legal educator host, Bonnie Galam. In my years building a multi-million dollar real estate portfolio, the most important lesson I've learned is that being a successful real estate investor isn't about secret strategies or ninja tactics. It's about doing the basic stuff right and staying laser focused. If you're an ambitious real estate investor or one in the making who's looking to build a real estate portfolio that's secure, streamlined, and creates a life you love, you're in the right place. Each week here on the show, you'll get clear, actionable, step-by-step strategies to help you build your real estate business and some tough love along the way to make sure you're not building a house of cards. Let's get started. Hey there, I'm Bonnie Gallum, and welcome to the very first podcast episode of Good Bones Real Estate Investing. A big thank you to all of you who have been encouraging me to get this podcast off the ground. It's been a huge work in progress, and anyone who has a podcast already knows that it's no easy task to get a podcast up and running. So thank you for taking the time to listen. This isn't going to be an episode zero where I spend the whole time talking about myself and my journey, but I do want to give you an idea of what to look forward to here on the podcast. I imagine that some of you might already know me because for the past few years, I've focused on helping real estate investors legally grow and protect their investments in the law firm I founded. I've helped real estate investors negotiate, finance, buy, rent, and sell millions of dollars of real estate, and I've spoken at a number of local and national real estate investing groups about strategies to legally protect your investment properties. In addition to being a lawyer, I'm also a real estate investor myself. The combo of being a lawyer and an investor gives me kind of an interesting and unique perspective on things you need to do as a real estate investor and the things you need to be thinking about when you're running an investing business. And quite honestly, these things that you need to be thinking about are often overlooked by many real estate investors. And although it's obvious I'm a big fan of the legal stuff, I've also found great success in applying business principles to real estate investing. So this podcast is going to go broader than just legally protecting your portfolio and touch on the most important business strategies when it comes to investing in real estate and to really help you grow a secure and scalable investing business. And today's focus is actually going to be with that term, investing business, which is kind of an oxymoron if you think about it. So let's go ahead and dive in. Here's what we're talking about today. When we discuss real estate investing, and if you could see me right now, I'm using air quotes around the words investing. So when we talk about things like flipping and wholesaling and buy and hold rentals, what we're discussing is not really investing. Let me repeat that back to you. Flipping, wholesaling, and buy and hold rentals are not investments. Cue the record scratch, because if you're doing any of those things, you probably consider yourself a real estate investor and you're thinking, Bonnie, you are off your rocker for thinking an entire industry mislabeled itself. And I'm here to tell you it did. And it's done you a huge disservice, which I'm going to go into more in a little bit. But let me be clear. I'm not here to rain on your parade. And that's because what I think you're doing, whether it's wholesaling, flipping, or landlording, is way, way more exciting than investing. And that's because investing is passive. It's hands off. It's set it and forget it for a few years or a few decades even. Investing is hoping that someone else manages your money well and that maybe, hopefully, fingers crossed, one day you get a return on it. Let's take investing in the stock market, for example. In the stock market, you buy a stock of a company. You're investing in someone else's company, and technically you become an itty-bitty owner of that company, too. But this company you've bought stock in has a board of directors, a CEO, a CFO, and probably more middle management than you could imagine. And you, the stock owner, don't really have any say in how this company is run. Let's take Tesla, for example, a company I'm a huge fan of for its tech and its culture. 
Tesla is a publicly traded company. You can buy its stock and watch it go up and down all day, every day on the New York Stock Exchange. And as a shareholder, you can participate in Tesla's shareholder meetings and vote on decisions, if any, they put to their shareholders. But if you felt that the Cybertruck was an ugly behemoth and should never be put into production because who even makes a car without side view mirrors anyway? Well, then, Bonnie, I mean, hypothetical Tesla shareholder, tough cookies, because you're just an investor. Remember, money in for hopefully more money back. You see how that's passive? You really don't have any control. You have no say in how a stock performs. And when you buy stocks, you're an investor. But when you buy real estate, you're a business owner. And now don't go all Webster's Dictionary on me. I know that there's parts of real estate investing that are entirely passive, like REITs and syndications, and buy and hold real estate has the passive benefit of appreciation. But what I'm really talking about here is a mindset shift. I don't want you to think of yourself as a real estate investor from this day forward. I want you to think of yourself as a real estate entrepreneur. When you make the shift from an investor to entrepreneur, you'll see the so-called real estate investing in a whole new light. In my years working with real estate investors, entrepreneurs, I saw that the good ones, the successful ones, had a lot in common. They came from different backgrounds and had different investing styles and invested in different geographic areas. But despite those differences, I saw a definite pattern. I found that there are four key traits of a successful real estate entrepreneur, and no, being Mr. Moneybags isn't one of them. Best of all, these traits can be acquired and strengthened by literally anyone. No fancy degrees or job experience required. So let's dive in. The first trait is being active. And this may not come as a surprise as I just described being an investor as passive, but successful real estate entrepreneurs are crazy hands-on. They know every tenant's name in their job. They know the year the roof and the HVAC was replaced in each building. They can tell you what the house sold for next door. And even if they've had a property manager or a virtual assistant or a rehab crew, they know the key details of their business. Why is that? because they've stepped into this CEO role of their investing company. They know that they have to have a pulse on all the key areas. If you've read the book Traction by Gino Wickman, you'll recognize this concept of having roles and departments in your company, even if you're only a business of one. I'll drop a link in the show notes to Traction because I believe it's truly one of the best, easily digestible modern business books out there. But the cliff notes are that there's this pyramid in your business, a hierarchy of roles and responsibilities, and the real estate entrepreneur is at the top. She or he sets the tone and direction for the business and is very actively and consciously setting that tone and direction and periodically checks in on it. And so that's the first trait. Real estate entrepreneurs are active. The second trait I've seen consistently among successful real estate entrepreneurs is foresight. They have this long-term vision. These entrepreneurs know that their businesses will eventually go on without them. They'll go on vacation, they'll retire, and yeah, they're going to die. And they've made plans to support each of these circumstances. Let me be clear. They're not making these plans out of fear, but rather out of confidence. Confidence that whatever they're building right now is going to extend beyond the time where they have the reins. Succession planning and estate planning are really going to be a topic of a future episode, but just think about this for a second. When you think about the business you need to have to be able to retire and not answer tenants' calls at 1 a.m., or to easily hand it over to your children, what decisions do you need to be making today? When you frame your current actions through the lens of your future goals, you can see that there's so much more to the investing decision-making process than just mere profitability, cap rate, or cash flow of any one particular building. 
fundamentally, these investors begin with the end in mind and create a business every step of the way with that end vision. Whether it's a lifestyle goal, like being able to live anywhere in the world, or a financial milestone, like having a savings account full of cash to pay for your kid's college education, this foresight gives investors the clarity to act in the short term, which brings us to our third trait, decisiveness. And decisiveness is the power, the drive behind that short-term execution, getting things done. Three simple words that are really anything but simple in reality. Newbie and wannabe investors often get stuck spinning their wheels and wasting time going to every single RIA meeting, but never really networking or finding a mentor and running calculation after calculation, but never pulling the trigger and actually placing an offer. Or they're Googling their brains out trying to figure out everything about everything because they fear messing up more than they want to succeed. The reality is, is that decisiveness comes with education, with knowledge, and that's because with knowledge comes confidence, the confidence to act and the confidence to get things done. And some of that education you'll find is free, like networking. And some of that education is paid, like working with professionals like CPAs or lawyers. And some of that education you'll find is from experience, <laughs> just doing the damn deals. And so in addition to education, real estate entrepreneurs can build that decisiveness muscle in conjunction with the fourth trait, the last trait I'm gonna to discuss today, which is being organized. Being organized allows real estate entrepreneurs to act quickly and grow rapidly because they have the tools already in place to support it, to support that growth. Being nimble in real estate is a huge competitive advantage that is totally overlooked. There's no scrambling, there's no confusion, there's just consistent forward momentum. A lot of investors think that being nimble is just making sure you've got money in the bank to close on deals, but that's really only part of it. Being nimble really requires being organized, having checklists and SOPs in place that when deals pop up, nothing falls through the cracks. That's where I've seen a lot of investors stumble. They grow, 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 and then look down at this portfolio they've built, and they see that it's this house of cards. And the reality is, is that organization requires working on the business, not in the business. Organization requires taking that step back from having your eye on the bottom line and having an eye on the systems and processes needed to support that bottom line. And I've also seen that organization also includes time management because when you have a nine to five and a family and friends, your plate's full to begin with. Adding a real estate investing business on top is really no casual hobby. And the successful, but perhaps more importantly, happy investors set boundaries, they delegate, and they know the value of their time. Organization is that solid foundation real estate entrepreneurs know they need to have to have secure and scalable businesses. And so just a refresh, those four traits of a successful real estate entrepreneur were active, foresight, decisiveness, and organized. And those are traits we all want to have, right? So let's talk about how the real estate investing industry has done investors such a huge disservice by framing investing like wholesaling and flipping and buy and hold investing as investing instead of a business, which is what I really think it should be framed as. When we think about investing, we think just about that return. By spending X amount of dollars, I want to make more than X back, your return on an investment or ROI. And as investors, one of the first things we're told we need to learn how to do is calculate ROI in a number of ways. We learn how to calculate cap rates and the 1% rule and the cash on cash return. And we've got handy tools like the Bigger Pockets calculator that make it really easy for us to figure those numbers out. If you don't know about the Bigger Pockets calculator, I'll drop a link to that in the show notes for today's episode at bonniegallum.com forward slash one. But if you're creating a business, making money is really only part of it. 
Imagine you're starting, say, like a pizzeria, for example. And instead of a real estate investing business, you you need to know the price of dough. You need to know the price of tomato sauce and mozzarella cheese to make this pizza. You'd also have overhead, like employees and rent, that you'll consistently have to pay. You can run the numbers over your overhead and determine how many pizzas you'd have to sell to meet that overhead, but more importantly, how many pizzas you need to sell to be able to pay yourself something at the end of the day. However, as pizzeria owners, there's way more than just money in for pizza out. There's hiring drivers and making sure you've got the right insurance for those drivers. There's contracts with food vendors that you need to understand and negotiate. There's systems and processes you'll want to implement so that you can go from making 10 pizzas an hour on your own to scale up and make dozens of pizzas per hour. And then there's the financing options you'll need to leverage to get from mom and pop to a thriving pizza business that maybe has multiple locations in multiple towns if that's what your end goal is. But successful pizzerias don't become successful because they make the best pizza. They become successful and stand the test of time when they mix quality products with a financial understanding of what they need to produce to make a profit and good business sense. Because we've all seen our favorite pizza place go under when they don't have all three in place. And the problem I've seen in the real estate investing community is such a strong focus on the first two qualities, products and financial understanding. In real estate, the quality product is the exit strategy, getting clear on whether you're flipping or wholesaling or holding a property. So you have to take the next step of financial analysis. And there's probably no less than 10 million blog articles out there on different investing strategies, but this really is the base baseline education real estate investors need. It's learning how to make the pizza, not creating a successful pizzeria. And the first step in really turning education and ramping it up into a business is the financial analysis, the financial understanding of how you can look into a deal and analyze it and how you're going to make money from any one particular property, the cap rate, the ARV, the cash on cash return. And I mentioned earlier, there's tons of free tools out there to support you with those numbers. And the numbers are critical because they show you how to compare deals and make sure that at the end of the day, you're putting money in the bank. But what's put on the back burner is this business stuff. No one really wants to talk about it for some reason. And I think a lot of the silence is in the investing community around the business part of it is that there's this perception that it's not sexy. I see headlines all the time for blogs or webinars for 60 days for your first investment property. And yeah, that's sexy because it pulls on the newbies desire to get started, but it doesn't tell you anything about uh, someone else's framework to look for deals. And Anyway, even applying someone else's business framework to your business may or may not ultimately work. That's like applying Pizza Hut's framework to a boutique brick oven pizza place. They're, they're two totally different things. And if you don't have the end goal in mind, then what you're building may not even be helping you reach that goal. Another one I've seen is quit your nine to five through fix and flip. And yeah, that's sexy too, because real estate is a great way to start earning income through a side business. And that's Business is a bit more passive than, say, a pizzeria, but it's definitely not completely passive. No one wants to be Debbie Downer and say, actually, you'll be quitting your job for another job. And I love real estate and I love what I do, but it's a job. Make no mistake about that. And I bet you've also seen blogs like Top 10 Best Markets for Real Estate Investors. And who doesn't want to be investing in the best markets? But do those markets even make sense for your business? Can you be profitable from afar once you have to hire agents and property managers? Would you even know what neighborhoods or blocks to look on? And coming up in later episodes, I'm excited because I'll be talking with a long distance wholesaler about his systems and strategy so you can learn what this 
business really entails. I think you get my point that profit is really only part of it. Ultimately, the silence around building a solid foundation for your business does investors such a huge disservice because removing a piece of that trifecta of one product, two profit, and three the good bones of a business, investors end up building that house of cards. And I saw it all the time in my law firm. And ultimately, it cost investors a small fortune to clean it up. But I think that by mentally reframing what you're doing as a business and implementing proactive steps we're going to discuss here on the pod, you can start to build that solid foundation for your investing business too. Okay. <laughs> end rant. That was a lot to cover in a short period of time. And so we're finally come to end of our discussion as reframing real estate investing as a business. And hopefully you found your newfound title as real estate entrepreneur, exciting and inspiring. This mindset shift is the cornerstone of the discussions we're going to have right here on the Good Bones Real Estate Investing Podcast every week. And next week, we're going to dive deep into one of my favorite ways to source properties, the IPA. Implementing the IPA as a system in my investing business has given me the space to double down on what I'm good at to scale quickly. And the best part is no matter what type of investing, you can implement the IPA. And if you haven't heard about the IPA before, well, tune in next week to find out. I promise it's a game changer. Now, if you found some valuable insights in this podcast today, please take a minute to subscribe because it will only get better from here. And be sure to share it and tell all your friends about it on Facebook and Instagram. I would truly appreciate all the social media love. Thanks again for listening, and I cannot wait to connect with you again next week. Bye for now. If you want to continue the conversation, jump on over to the free Good Bones Real Estate Investing Facebook group. That's it for this episode of the Good Bones Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'll see you here next week, same time, same place. Until then, go out and build the real estate empire of your dreams. Thank you for listening to the Good Bones Real Estate Investing Podcast. Make sure you're subscribed on your favorite podcast player to make sure you don't miss out on any future episodes. Now this lawyer's got to drop the fine print real quick. This podcast is educational and not intended to be legal tax or investing advice for you. Please speak with a local professional for specific advice unique to you and your situation. That's it for this episode. Bye for now.